Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. I am one of your hosts, Night Swarm. With me, as always, we have Austin, aka Filter Cord. I've clicked go every time. Like 100% hit rate. Yeah, he's doing well today. Uh, we also have Johnny Riot. Still AKA here. Johnny Riot. I guess. Yeah, you can go. You can go with that. Okay. And then Brian, aka Major Potty, Yo. who set up basically set up the whole show this week, which was awesome. Uh, no. I mean, I don't know. The student has become the master. Week. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Um, if you guys didn't know, this is Mammoth Games Cast. Every week we run through all of the top news and video game stuff. You can check us out and follow us over there on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. As well, right over there on Twitter, at Mammoth Games Inc. Know when we go live and do junk just like this. This week we do have two shows. We have our uh, weekly show, this boy here. And then don't forget to check out our monthly show. That one's going to be talking about all the upcoming games, what you're getting with your subscriptions, and more. Um, so we appreciate all the likes, comments, shares, follows, all that good stuff. But let's get into it, because last week we had a Nintendo Direct. Didn't we, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nintendo's really unfortunately really really good at just ruining my life by making me excited for things <laughs> um then then giving me too many things to keep track of um we're actually Pretty using much, if they say it you're like yep i'm in yeah for the most part it sucks <laughs> um i kind of wish that this article discussed things in order because the way the video presented itself was was just a super roller coaster and it was a lot of ups for me um, but the biggest takeaways that were there, before everything even happened, earlier in the day, one thing got leaked. Um, and that is a new Kirby game is coming. Mm. So there's a lot of stuff Nintendo talked about. They showed us some really cool footage, though, for this new Kirby game, uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Um, I, it's, it's weird because I feel like the best way that I can almost describe it is if they just took Mario Odyssey and gave us Kirby instead because we get a big full 3D roaming adventure game with Kirby. Yeah, um, that's rad. It, it looks absolutely stunning. Uh, I am very, very excited to see how Kirby fares in a 3D world. Um, now, yeah. am, am I alone in thinking that like they, they don't give Kirby a ton of love? He does get love, does... but it's really spread out. He's definitely one mm. of Nintendo's like B team guys. Um, well, he'll get like a million like, games yeah. on like the 3DS for yes. like a short yeah. sprint, and right. then you don't hear about him for. <laughs> but a while. not like main stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is the first time we've seen something big for Kirby in a very long time. Because I, I mean, I, I'll definitely say he gets love because he was the main character in Smash. Yeah. He was always my favorite so, to go for, at least in the original so Smash Kirby, Bros. Kirby definitely gets love, but like this game is, it's mind blowing watching this and realizing that it's a Kirby game, like yep. full three D roaming, sprinting around, jumping over everything, and it's it's so cute, um, which is exactly what Kirby has always Maybe. been. Like it, it's always been cute, but seeing this as a three D game and. Watching Kirby fly around on a superstar that way is just absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Um, it's almost kind of like Mario Odyssey on the next level, where instead of throwing the hat onto something that you then get to take, you can now just yep. consume it. Yeah, consume it, and it becomes that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Did you guys watch I mean, the um, the side by side of the intro for this trailer with the Uncharted Four trailer that they originally announced with, with Sully doing the background? No. It lines up almost perfectly with him waking up on the beach. Oh wow, that's funny. No, like Nintendo, Nintendo <laughs> dropped a lot of stuff though, and I guess is this article shows things in a much different order um, than they dropped them. Like I said. But they really get onto the big news out first. So the next huge thing that people lost their minds over was more tied to the rumors of uh, vert of Nintendo Online content coming. So we don't know when the Kirby game's coming, but they dropped the fact that we're getting a new addition to Nintendo Online, and it's going to come with Nintendo 64 games. Hmm. I don't know right. who was really predicting that. Um, it's been heavily asked for, that's for sure. Yeah. So, the Nintendo Online, what are we... It, it, it's just the same thing that we've been getting. No. Okay. Nintendo <laughs> Online is getting its own expansion pack, um, which is essentially going to be a um, an add-on. It's yeah. going to be yeah, a membership the, add-on. There's so a little port in the front that you have to put the little thing into. Like you're going to pay a little bit extra a month for it. But it's going to give you <laughs> Nintendo 64 games, a lot of them, and it's also going to give us Sega Genesis games. So essentially it's going to be like the Game Pass option for Game Pass Ultimate on Xbox as like an equivalent to what Nintendo is doing. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's so... Nintendo makes it so hard to gauge, though. Right. Um, because we're going to yeah. get some really big ones. Um. <laughs> If you click the link on there where it says a digital or a digital Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis game collection, it'll show you all of the games that are coming because they have them listed out. But for Nintendo 64, right off the bat, we're going to get Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Yoshi's Story, Ocarina of Time, uh, Winback Covert Ops, which is kind of a big deal, uh, Mario Tennis, so we can get some tennis love. Uh, Dr. Mario 64, and then Sin and Punishment. And then How on the are they second... not going to get us uh, Donkey Kong 64? Because it's still rare-owned. Oh, that's right. We, might, we may still be able to make it happen eventually, but this is just like the day one games. They've already announced more games that are set to be coming, including Majora's Mask. So there's definitely more on the way. Um, Sega Genesis, though, we're getting Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra Hardcore, Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes... Musha, Fantasy Star 4, uh, Restar, Shining Force, Shinobi 3, Sonic 2, Streets of Rage, and Strider. I don't Another, think there's a bad game in that lineup. <laughs> it's a like really good collection. Really, yeah. Like They're all really unique. <laughs> I just I hate Echo the Dolphin, and I've never liked uh, Rystar, so I don't really care as much for those. But they're covering a wide range of games there. Um, and that's not to say what they're still going to be doing with Nintendo and Super Nintendo going forward. Um my my big thing is they've I, I think I'm even still paying for Nintendo and I haven't done anything with the online. I've like, I, that's, I've that's let all, that yeah. relapsed on my account. I it was tied to an old card that I no longer use and I just kinda let it go. Yep. I play yeah. I do mine exclusively for the Nintendo online games. I don't even play Nintendo stuff online, but I do the Nintendo online contents. Like all those games I play. Mm -hmm. Um if they end up bringing me like 
Southwest 64 or Mischief Makers and stuff like that onto the Nintendo Online, they have super got me locked in. Uh, but as of right now, they've also mentioned Majora's Mask, F-Zero, and Banjo-Kazooie. So there is possible hope for uh, Donkey Kong, because we're still going to get Banjo-Kazooie on there, meaning they're still friendly with with Microsoft on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. So, so that's going to be really cool. I'm going to skip by the headache, because the internet has blown up enough about it, and I don't want to dive into this whole, they did announce all the Mario movie cast. <laughs> We yeah. don't. You have to, to have heard it. of that. Yeah, we don't need to even pay attention to Give it. Give us. We'll just scroll on by. We're just gonna scroll on by. Give us Danny DeVito <laughs> so as Wario. Do it, you cowards. Because like, do something. It's gonna be weird. It's gonna be real weird. I'm fine with it. I'm just gonna go away. Um, I think I said the whole present. I think I said that like it. What I'm guessing they're going to go with the angle of the Lego movie with it. It's going to be like the Lego movie, but instead of Legos, it's Mario characters. That's the way that right. I'm interpreting this. I, based on the studio that's working on it, which is Illumination, which are the guys that made the Minions movies, I feel like it's going to be way more like the Mario and Rabbids games. Okay. In that like weird style. Um, yep. Which is completely possible, but I'm sorry, I don't know how I'm going to approve... I don't know how much I'm going to like Bowser... I don't know how much I'm gonna like Donkey Kong making an appearance. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be like a Bowser's going to be amazing. It's going to be I'm like excited one for Bowser. <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of these guys as comedians can will play off each other really well. Yeah, yeah. That's the key. Is like how much did they get to interact with each other and like bounce ideas off each other? That's going to be what makes it or breaks it, I guess. Yeah, let uh, Luigi drive the the main two. Uh, comedy, and I feel like I think that'll be awesome. I feel like the problem is going to be though that this is a bunch of like A-list comedy actors that we're used to seeing in more of like adult mature scenarios, and we're going to be seeing them in a family kids movie. Um, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to disappoint <laughs> a lot of people. It's going to disappoint a lot of people. I already know it. It's going to be really hard to. It's going to be such a mix. It's going to be hard to take it seriously, but it's also going to be hard to even care enough. Um, my favorite be thing bothered, happened, really. My favorite thing that's happened out of all of it is after these casting announcements were made, the internet collectively said that we owe the 90s Mario movie an apology. <laughs> yeah, it became one of the top-selling <laughs> uh, DVDs on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been funny. restocked multiple times, and it keeps selling through. Like it, we, yep. Even John Leguizamo has gone public and said that he is why kind of embarrassed <laughs> by the casting decision on this and how extremely whitewashed the casting decision is well other than him yeah I, he's i mean he's not in it either so i'm we're talking about i'm talking about the uh oh of the new one yeah, yeah the new yeah. one john leguizamo has gone out and said that it's kind of ridiculous that there's no other representation there and he's not alone <laughs> in that criticism for sure yeah damn and, uh, It'd be like that, but all right, it's going to be crazy. Um, we saw some more Splatoon three stuff, including announcement for what the new villain is going to be. Like the, you know your your opposing force. Um, for people that don't know, Splatoon takes place in a world where there are no mammals. Like you know, actual people don't exist. Like anything with fur and hair isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're getting Splatoon three: Return of the Mammalians. So. 
we're gonna know. see <laughs> a new race of pe a, a new race of creatures um, to have to deal with in there, as well as a bunch of new weapons, new kind of abilities, things like that. But it's still Splatoon. It's so horrifying. Yeah, it's just gonna be little fuzzy <laughs> things, and I don't know how to feel about it. Um, we actually scrolled down a little bit too quick because uh, the entire presentation ended with huge news, and yeah. that is that Bayonetta three is real. Yep. Um, Bayonetta three is real. We got an amazing trailer for it at the very end of the presentation. Very excited to get my hands on that game. There's a freaking kaiju. I'm excited. Bayonetta three has me hype. Um, it looks so so good. And this trailer did not look like it was going to be a Bayonetta trailer at first. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's super really, action packed. Yeah. Like soldiers, soldiers running through a city, tanks, everything. Talking about like the target so far away, and you see a giant monster in the background, like just gigantic demonic kaiju. And of course, soldiers aren't going to be able to kill that thing, but nobody could figure out what this game was. And then suddenly out of nowhere the real hero shows up and everyone's favorite step on me mommy witch jumps in and saves the day um i i cannot wait to get my hands on bayonetta 3 mommy am, sorry mommy sorry. i am more than ready for this game i feel like everybody is it's gonna be great there's so many new things being added to it including like it's, it's just so many different aspects. Like there, like I said, there's kaiju in it, but apparently it looks like at one point you're controlling like gigantic monsters as well, um, not just summoning them up like she always did in the other games, but actually like riding around on them and stuff. So it looks really, really, really good. Um, and th this was just a hey, this is this real? is still real. Yeah, this this was the big announcement of like hey, this is real, guys. It's still happening. You're totally going to get Bayonetta 3. It's coming. We didn't forget about it. Here you go. And I, I feel like it was much, much needed because this is one of those games that at this point was... Is it still real? Like, I don't think it's real. Well, it was part of the nobody. original uh, launch announcements for the Switch back in 2017. So it's and almost last five years ago. Yeah, okay. we, and we they had, showed off some gameplay. Yeah, so. they should have some really dope gameplay. Uh, looks really good. Um, going a little bit further so we don't get too hung up on it. Monster Hunter's got a new expansion coming. If you still played Monster, Monster Hunter, Hunter Rise, Rise, awesome. Yeah. If you did not play Monster Hunter Rise, it's coming to PC. But um, it's a huge, huge DLC. Um, kind of like how um, Iceborne was added to Monster Hunter World. Um, mm -hmm. Monster Hunter Rise is getting a massive Sunbreak expansion. Um, so huge, huge new areas to go to. I feel like this is going to completely blow it away on PC. I don't feel like the Switch players are going to be the ones that worry about this nearly as much. Um, I feel like that game, unfortunately, was a flavor of the week title. It was there. It was awesome for a couple weeks. Then no one played it anymore. The next game is one that got me super excited. Chocobo <laughs> GP. Final Thank Fantasy God. Kart Racing game. I lost my mind. It's basically Mario Kart, but with Final Fantasy characters. It is so cute, it is so pretty, and it is so great because you still race around as, as many different characters on some awesome courses. You get different little power-ups from some Magicite that you pick up to cast spells against different people while you're racing. 
Um, and you're also I, customizing the vehicles and the characters that you're playing as. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the most interesting. The the vehicles that you can have looks like it goes everything from your traditional cart, you know, all the way to like rollerblades. Yeah, I think each yeah. character has more of a specific kind of vehicle that they drive, but I think I think there's going to be different forms on them. Like you have everything ranging from Moogles to black mages and white mages, chocobos, of course. The mages um, look like they're in uh, bumper cars. Yeah, and you even have characters like Gilgamesh, one of the summons, is making an appearance. Um, that game's going to drop on Switch next year. Very excited for that. It's going to be exclusive. Um, the next one was one that Nintendo just dropped on us with a whole available today. Um, the Castlevania Advance Collection. We had been reading about rumors for that for months. And then Nintendo finally dropped it, and it's not just Castlevania, Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, and Aria of Sorrow from the Game Boy Advance. They also gave us the Super Nintendo Dracula X, which was more of an underappreciated game. Four games for 20 bucks, super worth it. I bought it day one, like I promised I would months ago. Um, the real one that caught me off guard is that Nintendo announced another game out of nowhere and it's right there an almighty classic returns i was so excited watching this reveal that i literally jumped up and down in my in my kitchen but act razor renaissance um complete remake of act razor is dropping or it did drop the same day um absolutely phenomenal game Act Razor, for anyone that didn't know, was a very weird multi-genre title that was part action platformer, part god game, because you are, for all instance, you're kind of a god. You're rebuilding the world around everything. Um, but this one added even more mechanics. It now has, like, tower defense aspects to it. Um, it's hmm. weird, but it's a really, really good game. And was not expecting that at all, because... This kind of gives me hope for more Enix games to come out, um, since Square Enix has been dropping a lot of old re uh, old games being remade. This gives me a lot of hope that other Enix games that we haven't seen since Super Nintendo could be happening. Because I don't think mm -hmm. I know a single person that would have predicted that Act Racer was coming back. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And it's such a weird game. game. Looks interesting. It's such a weird game. I, I feel like it has a little bit of a little bit for everyone because it does have god game aspects where you're rebuilding an entire world. It has tower defense on that overworld map. It has your action platformer stuff going on and almost like an, an, an almost Metroidvanian style um, as you're going through some of the different areas and backtracking and stuff. It's it's super good. Um, going a little bit further, we got even more content. Um, of course, Animal Crossing, New Horizon, and Smash Ultimate are getting their own directs later on. So it's kind of weird that during this direct, they gave us <laughs> a preview that a new direct was going to be happening. <laughs> thing. Um, so yeah, Animal Crossing is going to be getting direct. its own direct later this month in October. Um, they're going to be adding a lot of new stuff there. If you are still playing Animal Crossing, then you're very excited for this. If you're like me and you stopped playing Animal Crossing a year ago not as big of a deal um, it might be enough to pull you back in if you still have your copy but I really don't know uh, the biggest thing though is uh, Smash Brothers is getting its own direct as well um, for its final character the, yeah they're going to be dropping the final Smash character after a tournament hmm. 
so they're very excited for that one that's going to be a pretty good one um a lot of rumors are floating around that it might be sora don't be sora just fucking give us waluigi <laughs> like we deserve <laughs> and it's not gonna and it's i was gonna like be- i was like that's not their style they, no, they it's wouldn't not. it's super not their style i'm completely it's cool gonna be someone it, it could actually be it, it's probably gonna end up being something dumb like sora i want waluigi and if it, if it's Waluigi, I will buy every DLC character instantly. I haven't bought a single <laughs> one yet because I've been holding off, and I am standing my ground on this that I will not play the game if they do not drop Waluigi for it. And I've had it since launch because I got it for free. And I haven't touched it. I'm waiting. You hear that, Nintendo? Yeah, exactly. The the <laughs> bias cast. Nintendo. You're on notice. Maybe they'll do the Answer really my cool demands. Thing. Maybe maybe this will be their last and one more. You know, maybe they'll announce the new character, and then at the very end, Waluigi will just like push the screen off over and then be there and invite himself into the game and then just actually be there. Because technically, we didn't pay. I mean, the Piranha that, Plant wasn't part of the Smash Pass, so that's true. That would be really funny for like not not even an extra character, but they just like talk about this character. And they're like. And these are all the moves, and they go through the whole thing. But then at the very end, it's a mask and rips it off, and it's Waluigi. <laughs> it's really random. We deserve him. We definitely deserve no. him. It's not fair. What would his little uh, tagline be? Like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, so-and-so is mopping up the arena or whatever. Like, it'd be like, the bastard man returns. <laughs> well, the thing is, we're getting his the first appearance... Son with Nintendo Online because they're giving us Mario Tennis. Tennis. So we're getting Mario Tennis which is was his first appearance. We deserve it. I'm sorry. I agree. 100% with you. But of course hard to argue. Bunch, there was a bunch of other small stuff announced in the stream too but that's all the big stuff. Of course a, a ton. Check out the eShop. A lot of good deals going on. A lot of updates. Uh, they dropped the Deltarune, uh, Deltarune Parts 1 and 2 combo for free on there since everyone can pick those up. Mm-hmm. Um, while they're waiting until you know the rest of Delta Rune drops, if you're a big Toby Fox yeah. guy, um, there's a lot. Um, Nintendo dropped demos for some games that had been talked about previously at other shows, like that weird Square Enix card game that comes out later in October. Um, there's a demo on there for that. They dropped same day. Um, there, there's a lot coming, and I, I think the big thing is that Nintendo absolutely crushed with this one but mm. it's so many it, it's october so many things are happening now that it's so hard to keep track of all of it um but I mean, yeah october is just tough in general like it, i don't know what do they have anything massive that's coming out this month yes <laughs> I, I mean but you'll have to tune into the other podcast for that <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll we'll dive into it more, but the Switch OLED drops this month. The Switch OLED comes out the eighth. Um, I'm getting the I've got my Swoled pre-ordered. That is getting picked up instantly. Swoled. And I've also got Swoled. my two copies of the deluxe edition of uh, Metroid Dread as well. So, um, and the Amiibos. So honestly, they didn't drop them. They didn't really talk Amiibos during the direct, which I thought was crazy, but fine it is what it is um not too bummed about it i'm just 
I, I kind of want to see what happens now. The fact that they finally said the last Smash DLC character is on the way, that kind of sets the tone that that they're done with Smash. Um, mm -hmm. Now we get to start worrying about even more rumors and see how much truth there is to those because there were rumors floating around yet again of a yeah. 4K Switch. And they squashed it, but it's still Nintendo like... Nintendo is vehemently denying it, but other developers are, have said, like, yeah, we fucking have the kit. Like, we were I think a lot kit. of it has to come it's down not to... not just that, but again, talking about OLEDs and everything, like, my phone is capable of displaying at a higher graphical quality than the Switch. Like, it's not that hard. Well, I think one of the so big it, things about... I just about can't imagine the they're not trying to. The reason why that they're oh, kind no. of squashing it is that they don't want those rumors to overrun the Switch OLED. Right. And then on top of it, right. we still have like a huge crisis as far as our supply chain goes. And mm -hmm. to be able to come up with a new console that's capable of doing 4K, Nintendo is just probably not ready to be able to go through that with the way that things currently are in the world at this time. So they probably yeah, don't it's want... going to require those components yeah. that are, you know, at this point, very difficult to get yeah. over. So, they, so they're trying to quash these kinds of stuff just because they don't want that even on people's mind at this time to get them hyped up for something that they just, they just can't deliver. Even if they have it planned out, production-wise, they're just not... It's just not capable of being able to do it at this time. Well, the other you thought problem, switches were hard to get a hold of before. I exactly. Mean. The other yeah. big problem, too, is that the Switch OLED's literally coming out, so why yeah. would they want that kind of information going yep. out, especially the week before it's coming out? Like, exactly. That would be shooting them in the foot, and yeah, it's still going to sell like crazy. It, it will. Mm -hmm. um, but a while back, Nintendo Switch, the original model, dropped in price overseas. We mm -hmm. haven't seen a price drop on it. That's kind of fucked up. Yeah, but that's kind of... So, I've always felt that it's kind of like on par with like a lot of Nintendo stuff. I always felt like you always paid the Nintendo premium that like it's very rare that their price drops for a lot of their stuff. Yep. But it, it's just the thing is like it dropped significantly in Europe. Okay. Yeah. Like a month ago. Like not even a full month ago. It dropped by like the equivalent of 70 US dollars. Okay, got it. And that's a permanent price drop. That was not a sale. Yeah. So like... It, we still pay 300 bucks for a base switch they paid like 230 um and that's just it so and and i don't know if we're going to eventually see a drop is that it might be the very american way that we never see one um mm -hmm. but it just goes to to bring back the idea of how different things are and even with the exact same hardware and same technology in different countries just asking is that 230 in euros or 230 american dollars because it'd be 230 us okay just wanted to make sure because I know that like the euros, yeah, two thirty euros would be about the same, worth more. Yeah. No, that's why I point. That's why I yeah. said specifically it's it's the the equivalent of two hundred thirty US okay. dollars. I, I missed that um, part though. Yeah, I, it's the. I, it's the I was gonna I was, say I am curious to see exactly how long the shelf life will be for the OLED. I imagine that it'll become model. the new standard. Yeah, it's going to be the new standard. I mean, they're already done making the old ones. This is going to be the new thing. Um, well, I when wouldn't did be the too Switch originally come out? Uh, February 2017. Yeah. It was February or March 2017. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So you think it's going to be the exact same amount of time between um, the original Switch release and when we get the OLED, that OLED and whatever the next thing is? Yeah, it was March 3rd, 2017, so about just about four and a half years ago at this point. I don't think it'll um, take as much time between the OLD launch and a Pro 4K launch. 
I think it's just because that's my that's my question. Yeah, is like is, I don't think it'll be that as a consumer. Should is it something to like wait on, or you know just looking at like what people generally think? Um, I honestly, honestly though, with enough exclusives out there, Nintendo does such a good job that that hold yeah hold out all you want. It's not like the games are going to get any cheaper, right? Right. And a lot of times, right. the Nintendo games are optimized for their consoles anyway. So even if it does, the new one you know is capable of 4K versus the 1080 that this one is able to do. It it will be an improvement, but they're still going to try to optimize it the best that they can. I can't yeah. wait to get Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Deluxe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Super Deluxe. All right. <clears throat> so moving on, uh, as well, we had um, a sneaky event. Usually it's a bigger deal. I didn't see too, too much going on. It felt very quiet to me. Throughout the week, it was very quiet. Um, yeah, but a lot does. of cool things came out of it, though. Um, yeah, and I think the the biggest reason is you know the Nintendo Directs are pre-recorded and they're hyped ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Tokyo Game Show for this year, not so much. A lot of it was actually broke up, so we're just going to run down um, some of the biggest announcements. Um, biggest announcement for me, right at the top of that list, baby. Exactly. Yeah. The Ratatouille game. Oh. New oh, sh- anybody can new stranger game. I fucking wish. New Stranger Red of Paradise two. demo, guys. Final Fantasy Origin, Stranger of Paradise, new demo uh, with multiplayer. Uh, a lot of Dang. stuff has changed since that first demo that was PS5 timed exclusive that had some really bad luck with people downloading it way back, if you remember. Um, but this It was one, worth it. It was worth the, the was struggle, so though. It was so good. Um, and then this one it does have multiplayer capability, which is going to be awesome. Um, the game has a release date now coming out in March. There's going to be a season pass for it. There's already a deluxe edition mm-hmm. you can pre-order, uh, at least digitally, that comes with the season pass. Um, this demo, though, is not just on PS5. This demo that they launched dropped the other day is good till the 11th, but it's mm-hmm. also going to be on Xbox. So, oh yeah, nice. nice. So that's already that's down. That's out now. And yes, you can download the demo right now and play it until the 11th. Playable until the 11th. Okay. They'll so, probably have another feedback response at the end of it yep. to be able to give because uh, they listened. They made oh, yeah. a lot of changes to the demo between the last one um, because they really, really focused on what people gave us feedback. It even looks like the UI has changed a lot, um, which is one of the big things that people talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original, the original demo, like that, it was a bit, it was a big surprise. Like, yeah, I expected it to be, I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, and I think yeah, that might have aided to my opinion of of what it was. But they, even with that first demo have made a fantastic game. So if it came yeah, out I mean, just like that, I'd be like, damn, okay, we're good. Um, but they're it, taking that feedback. It was feedback. Such, a, such a surprise that I didn't even get a chance to get in because I didn't understand the like limited availability of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, it's fun. It is still really yeah. fun. It's challenging. I mean, it is still a Souls-like. It, it, well, it feels a lot like a Souls-like since it is uh, Team Ninja, right? I keep forgetting who's actually working on it. Um, but it's it's good. I'm very excited for it. It's still a retelling of the original Final Fantasy story. Um, more of them, these characters have names now, so it's not just Jack, but some of these other people in the in the team have mm-hmm. names. Um, mm-hmm. But go play it if you haven't had mm-hmm. a chance to yet, and you have a PS5 or a Series console. Go try the demo. It looks super super good. Mine's installed. I haven't had a chance to actually play it yet. 
um, but that is going to be my next go-to when I have some time on my next day off or even when I get off work. I'm going to sit down and plow through this demo just like I did the last one. I'm very curious yeah. about this multiplayer aspect of the demo. I'm wondering if it's um, kind of more open, uh, like some of the Souls games, you know, you could go through it with one other person or even like three other people. Um, yeah. It looks like based on the way it is showing that, or based on the way it looked watching some of the battle, um, it looks like you'll be able to switch between your characters um, with, a, with a certain button press because I did mm -hmm. see a little bit of the UI that made it look like you could swap over to different characters and just manage your team that way. So my guess is that it's your characters are always there, almost like old Nintendo or almost like old school arcade style multiplayer. Okay, um, yeah. So it's it's like four it, it, like four player, and it has you know those whether AI, someone's manning them or yeah, not. That's what it yeah. looks like. Um, nice. But it, I'm I'm excited. I cannot wait to dive into that game and just hate myself so much. Um, mm -hmm. That first demo was incredibly difficult. That, that yeah, class that, fight was that so Garland, difficult. That Garland fight was brutal until you got the timing down on it. Yeah. It was so crazy. But <clears throat> March 18th, 2022, they have got me. Um, Just adding to I an already so stacked spring. One. Yeah. No doubt. And then uh, they, they talked a little bit more about a game that I'm very excited for, that I've gotten more excited for, you know, for Spoken. Yeah, I mean, we recently already just got our first eyes on what, you know, like, what's going on there, um, story-wise. Yeah. It was a little up in the air, mm -hmm. and people were like, oh, this is interesting, but we really don't know. Um, yeah, we got yeah. plot I mean, points, what, what, what got more plot did points a couple months ago. So this one was mostly uh, the uh, co-director um, and creative producer were talking more about it. Um, mm -hmm. There was just more, it wasn't so much more gameplay focused, but it was talking about the game. Um, so it was kind of its own little thing, um, teasing a little bit more about how, the, like, where the game takes place, stuff like that. So just more to kind of flesh out the experience and make me solidify that I do, in fact, want this game. Um, I didn't get yeah. a chance to actually watch much of the, the presentation stuff, but I just caught more recap. Um, I still know I'm going to be picking this one up day one. It looks super, super fun. Um, and it is just a little bit getting added on to the fact that Square Enix has me. Like this was definitely their thing. Um, between this and Final Fantasy, I'm I'm just so set. Oh yeah, yeah. So even with just these two things, really really good. Um, looks like uh, next thing they show. Uh, next thing that is listed in this article was. Um, it looks like a 20 minute uh, gameplay trailer yep. of Shin Megami Tensei 5 yeah they did more gameplay on Shin Megami Tensei 5 which is coming out in November um, that one's still going to be huge still a Switch exclusive um, very excited to get my hands on that game I really like the Shin Megami Tensei games um, mm -hmm. they're just massive massive games and for anyone that has never played one pick up Nocturne on the Switch or the PS4 it's super super worth it um, especially if you get it on sale, if you're like a, a dungeon crawling, turn-based RPG, monster hunting kind of guy, um, think like Pokemon, but much more adult. Think of demons and gods versus little monsters. Um, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of gameplay, though. Yeah. yeah, twenty minutes of gameplay for it. It's it's gonna. Then the game itself is already 
going to get massive amounts of pre-orders because people have been waiting for this for so long. Um, right. I have no doubt that people are going to be buying Switches for this um, still because it's the only place to play it. Yeah, and the last like core uh, Shin Megami Tensei game was on 3DS, right? Yeah. For a while, they were all on 3DS, so Nintendo yeah. handhelds used to having them. Um, and even then, that was more like remake-type stuff. Um, but it's that it's that Persona offshoot that you know people have their own different vibe, and it's weird because SMT is very Nintendo focused, and the Persona games are very PlayStation focused. So I just can't handle how pretty this game looks. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so gorgeous! It is so gorgeous. All right. They continued on. They showed off um, some more of the. Um, these are the some of the mobile things, right? Yeah, Square Enix had a bunch of, like, a kind of a mashup free-for-all of a bunch of smaller stuff um, mm -hmm. that we've already known about. So they talked more about Final Fantasy VII, The First Soldier, which is the um, mobile battle royale uh, where you play as the, the first soldiers, um, you know, prior to Cloud and Zack and all that fun stuff. Sorry, Final Fantasy VII people. Um, it, it, I did get to play the alpha for it. It's fun. Um, mm -hmm. It was really fun. They talked a little bit more about Voice of Cards, which is a weird card-based RPG that's already... There's a demo out on the eShop for. It's actually one that Nintendo announced the demo for. Um, they talked about... Nintendo actually talked about Triangle Strategy, uh, and they talked about it more mm -hmm. than Tokyo Game Show. Um, for the people that are not in the know, that's the guys that are from the same guys that made... Um, that made Octopath, uh, Octopath Traveler. Um, yeah. This was previously titled Project Triangle Strategy, and then I guess they just decided to scrub Project from it, so now it's officially just being called Triangle Strategy. Um, <laughs> oh boy. It's, oh man, it feels again, like they though, just half-assed the name. Like, again, they don't though, have a team. But I can't wait for the hot new game, first-person shooter. They took they, some serious feedback on this one, though. This is another situation where they took a bunch of feedback after the original demo, and they listened. So they've given camera control to be able to pivot your camera around like you could in old Final Fantasy Tactics and stuff because that wasn't a thing in the demo. Um, they've changed the battle flow to make it run a lot smoother. Um, so they've definitely listened based on what the demo feedback was. Uh, so I'm very, very excited to get my hands on that one eventually. Um, I'm mm -hmm. definitely going to give it time, though, because I don't have time for a tactical RPG right now. <laughs> they, <laughs> I wish they, I did, but I definitely don't. I, I just keep going back to, like, don't let the developers name the project. Yep. <laughs> like it, it'll Do not let programmers name anything. No, it's going to end up being something horrifying. I mean, and honestly, I like it, though, because Octopath Traveler was the same way. It was originally going to be... Pr it was Project Octopath Traveler. Yeah. So, it just, and, it, and it was a massive success. So The game is very good. Um, and, and it's and that's it, their that's their job. The the naming portion could have used a little bit of work, I think. Honestly, uh, though, I'm not as I'm not as bummed about it. I'll take the name for what it is. It's better than it having a like overly dumb give everything away kind of name. Um, and it really just addresses the core focus, which is that balance between the three. So it is that weird triangle strategy, just like Octopath Traveler was the story a, of a bit on travelers the big guys traveling yep yeah, yeah so i mean i'll take it I'll, I'll take it for what it is um, that's true and if they actually came up with a real name for it it'd be like shining swords of heavenly light uh, colon the amazing yeah, race of it, it ended up you know being I mean? something like, it'd be bad 
it ended up being something dumb when I, yeah. I, I would honestly say marketing wise this worked yeah um, but another March release damn um, oh man do I really want that collector's pack though I don't <laughs> need it but I want it but I don't I hope the game, bo- get the, the game art actually looks like that on the box I hope it says sample you just sample real big on the front not for resale yeah. underneath um <laughs> But yeah, Square Enix dropped a lot of info. Like, there's a lot of stuff they they showed us. Um, man, there's just why did these events both have to happen in the past month? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Like, we still have. Uh, they mentioned uh, there's a new Atelier Sophie game coming out. If you know what those games are, then you know. If you don't know what those games are, don't get into it. There's too many. <laughs> don't worry about it. There's so no, many it's, options. It's not for series. you. <laughs> yeah, don't. If you already know, you know, and you're there. If you don't know, don't worry about it. Keep going. Um, Ayudin Chronicles uh, got a first gameplay reveal. If you uh, know, the you know. Uh, spinoff one. Yeah. Yeah. So we got uh, Ayudin Chronicles uh, Rising. So uh, at least one of them. So that's gonna be cool. We still know that comes out next spring. Um, nothing too crazy. Of course, we got more Monster Hunter Rise talk. Um, yep. There have been rumors for a while that Sega was working on a new RPG. That finally got to go public. Um, Sega's mysterious RPG is Sin Chronicle, which is going to be a mobile RPG. So I'm just going to keep going. Um, (laughs) I would love to get my hands on it, but for now I'm just going to not worry about it. Mobile games just aren't my thing right now because I don't have the time for them. Ironically, because they're mobile. Um big one that surprised me though then uh, they ghost announced like a new Square Enix RPG called Dungeon Encounters so remember how we just talked about how game titling is weird <laughs> um, yep. uh-huh. Dungeon Encounters was officially announced the other day and is coming out in two weeks surprise yeah, you, yeah if, really if, you, if you haven't looked at this yet you have to watch the video to get what's going on the main the main project lead on this game is the person that invented the active time battle system for Final Fantasy 4 and 6. So, you yeah. know, the thing that turned it from being purely turn-based to you have that little bar that fills up to let you know when it's your turn, that person is the one that made this game. Um, the last project they really oversaw was, like, the last big one was, like, Final Fantasy 12. Damn. So it's, it's going to be a really unique game just based on that character art alone for the different kinds of characters like there's a person in a hoodie and headphones but then there's like a knight and then someone in <laughs> a large cat leather yeah um but it's yeah. very bare bones aesthetic and it kind of has me hyped for it because it's a dungeon crawler and that's literally sure all you do is run around on the tiles of a dungeon to cover them all like a maze and you get different little things for covering certain ones there are different events that you can encounter for different battles and stuff it looks super weird it looks yeah this is incredibly weird it's almost like the thing that we would have got during like a gameplay test where they're like hey this isn't complete yet but go ahead (laughs) exactly but it is complete, and that's what's so weird about it, and I think that's why I love it so much. Um, 
it's it, it's it, you cannot describe it with words unless you see it. Like you yeah. have to see and you, and then you what still this game is, and it's still so hard to describe. You just have to watch. You have to watch yep. to understand it. It is still a turn-based RPG, though. But all you see is like the picture of your characters. It's a very stripped-down active time battle system. Yeah. Um, there's no items. There's no MP. It's it's really just bare bones. To be yeah, honest, it's it's yeah. very very bare bones. I think that I'm gonna actually really enjoy it though because it's not as deep. Um, and where is this coming out? Did they uh, really talk about that? Yeah, it's gonna be dropping in a few different places, including Switch, which is gonna be great. But it looks like it's gonna be on the main consoles as well. Um, let me hmm. see if I can pull that up again. Yeah, if I had to explain this to someone who has never seen it before, it looks like um, it looks like a what would that be like um, a crossword? It looks like you're running across the tiles of a, like a crossword, just kind of filling them out, and you can go into different battle scenarios. And it's just a static background picture with static photos with the like level and the HP and MP and all that jazz uh, next to the photos of each character with all the enemies on the opposite side of the screen. Um, uh, it's going to be PS4, Steam, and Switch. Very, very weird. So this will be great on my Switch for handheld mode. It'll also be great on my Steam Deck when I get it. So I'm very excited for that. Um, it's it's weird, though. I, I have no idea what kind of pricing this game is going to have. I am probably going to end up nabbing it day one, and it's going to become a very... It looks like it's going to be a very casual game, is the thing. Like, it's going to be one of those games where you can just sit down, play it for a while, do a bunch of stuff, and then just not care. Like, it, it'll be a very easy pick up and play and put it back down kind of game. It's not going to involve a ton of extra thought going into it. Um, and I think that's why it's so stripped down. You have you can build your, customize your, your party out with different characters. And that's kind of what threw me is the characters themselves are wildly different. Um, like I, I'm curious said. on what the end, end goal, like the end is. Like, what are we... It's so stripped down, I can't even really tell what what the point is. Mm-hmm. It's I've got to I've got to get I've got to play it. I mean, I can have a giant cat in my team, and I'm sold. I can have a giant cat person in my team. I'm more sold. Um, I can also have a random person wearing headphones and a hoodie in my team. Okay, you got me. I don't know what the hell to do. Um, yeah, I think the intrigue is probably the most interesting, um, kind of the most interesting thing that it has going on. Because everything else is so bare-boned and, you know, kind of like things you've seen before. Yeah, it says so, uh, movement through the dungeon is not necessarily linear as characters can use abilities to jump off the path. Uh, in the trailer, it showed one character leaping two squares to the left across a gap, uh, while another could make like a knight does on a chessboard and move it like a weird L-shape. Um, dungeons mm-hmm. are not bereft of hazards. Uh, pitfalls can drop characters to lower floors. Select spaces can drain your hero's pockets of gold. And of course, monsters do lie in wait on battle as well. Combat looks to be turn-based with, a lim- with limited animations. Both hero and enemy alike were shown as simple portraits, and attacks took the shape of colored arrows and overlays on screen. Um, it feels like it's just a mobile game plus yeah. in, in a lot of ways, but not necessarily in a bad way. Um... I feel like this would be a great mobile game. And it's yeah. weird that I just said I don't want to play a mobile game. This feels like 
what would this, really work as one for me, though. Yeah, it feels like this would be a, a very, very... Um, I mean, because that's what you want out of a mobile game. You don't want it to be super complex. So it's Yeah, I, I want it to be more bare bones. I want to be able to, like... There's a lot of menu navigation on this, which I guess would be my only turnoff from doing it on mobile. But at the same time, it's still... Beyond that, it's very simple. It's very straightforward from what it looks like. And it being able to build these crazy wild teams makes me want to play D&D even more. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I hate it. And seeing these weird tiled out dungeons that you get to run through like this makes me want to play D&D even more. And I hate it. Um, <laughs> because a lot of this is how I visualize like just a very on-screen representation of doing a couple of quick little D&D battles. Like just, uh, okay, cool, I'm fighting these guys now. They're here. Done. It's very streamlined. Um without having magic and skills and stuff to worry about. Well, there are some skills without having magic points to worry about. It's just a matter of what attack you're using, how much damage it's going to do, and if it's worth using that against whatever enemy you're fighting. Um, it yeah. looks weird. It looks wild. I'm going to end up picking it up. And it comes out halfway through this month. So thank Crazy. you, Square Enix, for surprising me with a stupid <laughs> game that I didn't know I was going to want. You suck. Uh, they also showed off and mentioned that Monster Hunter Rise is coming to Steam in January. Yep. Um, so we you know, we already kind of touched on that just a little bit. Um, they're doing some uh, some collaborations on it. We're getting a Ghost and Goblins crossover as well yeah. as a Sonic, Sonic. crossover. Um, going to be weird. Don't know how to feel about that. The Ghost and Goblins from Hype Forks. I love Arthur. Love me some Ghost and Goblins. Cool. Um, what we're not used to seeing with Tokyo Game Show xbox stuff yeah and they have like a whole thing so mm -hmm. um it looked like they just kind of talked about um like from some of the things i saw it just looked like so it didn't look like it was anything that was uh like mind-blowing um until kind of a certain point i think that was during their sh their showcase right yeah the, i think what what this really showed us is this is the first time we've really had a Tokyo Game Show where Microsoft is so invested in Tokyo Game Show, but not yeah. even directly, but more like, oh yeah, that's right, we do own all these companies that are putting out these games that matter, so here they are. Um, Talking just about things heading to Game Pass, um, you know, uh, looks like the one of the things that they talked about here was Scarlet Nexus. Which is really, Pass. really good. It's already on, it's on there now. They dropped a bunch of games right off the bat, uh, including AI Somnium Files um, and Scarlet Nexus, two huge ones. Um, I cannot stress, after finally getting my hands on it, if you haven't played Scarlet Nexus, try it. The demo was really good. I just wasn't invested enough. Play the game. It's totally worth it if you have an Xbox and like action RPGs. Uh, Tango Game Works developing a new game. Um... Did did they really hint at anything? Um, I know that you know. Of course, it's Shin, uh, uh, Shinji Mikami working. You know that's done Resident Evil. Of course, Evil Within. Um, you think well, it's in the Evil Within universe? No, they didn't tell us much. They just said that you know Shinji Mikami revealed that John Yoh John Johannes, the director of Evil Within Two, is hard at work on a new game. Um, I okay. wouldn't expect it to be an Evil Within game. Um, I wouldn't be super bummed if it is, but I'd like to see something different. Um, but they have pushed it every time. Evil Within. They've done a, the they've first done one a was, really good job. <laughs> yeah, the first one was fine. The second one was, you know, a big step in the right direction. Um, so I would be, definitely be open to uh, another one in the series. I'm one of those people that's backwards. I like the first one a lot more. 
the first I, one had I, much more of the survival aspect versus the action aspect, but they definitely... It just felt restrictive to me. Like, it felt like it was... Um, like, a whole, like I, I felt like it was holding me back. Like, I wanted to do something and I couldn't. I remember being frustrated at trying to do something. I'm like, why will it just not do this? Yeah, the first one took me back to the more vibes of, like, the earlier Resident Evils. Way right. more of that, like, this, like you said, kind of more restrictive to kind of narrow that focus on what you could or couldn't do, which is also what made it scarier to me, made it a lot more tense. Um, yeah. Two had a lot more action to it, um, a lot more, like, bullet sponge enemies, stuff like that. I was able to just, you're able to go through and do a lot more um, and still be overwhelmed by a lot of stuff. But they were great games, and aesthetically, they were gorgeous. They were super creepy and so unsettling, though, and I love it, and I want more by them. Please, sure. please keep doing what you guys do. I need more. Uh, but one of the big ones, um, Gungrave got a surprise, hey, here's something that's going to be happening uh, game showing off. Uh, they showed off a bit of gameplay, which is kind of always surprising for something like that. So, I don't know. Johnny, you, you played uh, you played a lot of the original, right? I didn't play... Yeah. As much, I imagine. Yeah, I, I played the original Gungrave back on PS2. I did enjoy it, but it was that goofy, weird, like over the top. I bought it because it was an anime game game, um, yeah. so I don't remember a lot of the story and stuff to it, except for the fact that you're a, a big, super crazy dude that was dragging a coffin around and just had ridiculous guns. I think at one point your coffin even was a gun if I remember correctly. <laughs> it was weird. It was so anime, so over the top. Um, this trailer is completely insane. And definitely, definitely gives away exactly the vibe of the game. Like, just... if The trailer, watch the trailer, just shows, like, the coffin coming down like a meteor. It just slams into a dude and just turns him into red mist. And as soon as it hits, the guy emerges from the coffin like he like shot put out of the coffin, and Flips like over hand plants dude. over a dude's head and twists it around. And there's just that second where everyone's like, "What the fuck just happened?" Oh yeah, and the that dude instant, who like, had his we're... neck broke just started spraying bullets. Yeah, uh, it's that it's that instant "oh we're all dead" moment that you get to see them all realize. Um, <laughs> it's a really weird, very very over-the-top anime-style, like, shooter experience. Like, I, I yeah. kind of want to go back and compare it to if you ever watched Trigun growing up and how ridiculous mm -hmm. some of those characters' weapons could be. It's that. Um, it's that kind of ridiculous, but even more over-the-top. But I think that my favorite part about this new Gungrave game is who is working on it. Uh-huh. Share with the class. Everyone, everyone's favorite, ex-Tango Gameworks, adorable, adorable person, Akumi Nakamura is working on it. Hell yeah. I'm in. Say no more. It's <laughs> so, so good. Um, that is such a big deal because she is just... Everyone loved her. Everyone absolutely loved her. Um, 
you know, working on Ghostwire Tokyo, and you're totally playing the video again. I can't <laughs> I do my playing. own research because the dude just like starts firing away. It's so funny, just the way he launches out of the coffin and then like just hand plants over this dude's head, twisting it around. Just the pause. And then just the spray of bullets erratically killing the guy in front of him. Uh, that's that's just that's just classic comedy. It looks so good. It looks so dumb. Like it's not gonna be a triple A title by any means. It's just no. that it is definitely going to be that game that I'm going to end up picking up as soon as it goes on sale for like 30 bucks, just so I can be ridiculous and watch this opening cutscene over and over. Wild. Uh, just twist. <laughs> just just bounce, twist, shoot. Man, the fact that the dude with the machine gun accidentally shoots his own friend in front of him because his neck just got broken. Yeah. Um, he like I imagine several times he's gonna push those the main character is gonna push his glasses up, very anime style. Oh, it's it's so good, it's so good. Um, All right. What else do we have though? Um, anything else super noteworthy from this event? Microsoft talked a lot about localization. Um, they talked about oh, and more specifically about localization to Japan. Um, yeah. Because we know that Microsoft is the big. They're, they're the American company. <laughs> they're they're here, so a lot of games that they make do really well here and don't do as well there. Um, but now they have so many of these studios to work with, and they're so invested across the, the world. They have to. They had to kind of point out that we're going to be doing a lot of translations and stuff. Um, and that is a very expensive ones, thing. To do. Yeah, especially for. Uh, some... I, I don't know if it's as. I want to say that it, yes, it is as expensive going from like a Japanese game to. A, I mean, it's like expensive no matter what, but like Redfall, Starfield, and more are going to be localized for Japan. And uh, if you're looking at like Starfield, that uh, it will be the team's largest translation ever. Um, right, because if you, over 300 actors, if you're figuring in something like Starfield, which is essentially going to be like Space Skyrim, all the dialogue yeah. options that is going to be made available, you're going to have hundreds, if not thousands, of lines that are going to have to be localized from the original over recording. Over 300. Yeah, he said over 300 actors and 150 thousand lines of dialogue. Right. Disgusting. That's, that's going to be so insane. Um, but and time-consuming. That shows where the money is, though. Like Microsoft dumped the money into buy Bethesda. Now Bethesda's got that Microsoft pocket, and they want to make sure they still make it work. And Microsoft's got to show that they can do it. Now, what would be a huge bummer if they localized and it bombed? It would be a hard hit. That, yeah. Hopefully that's yeah. not the case because that's a lot of money going into it. Hopefully I do they're... feel something like Starfield is kind of too big to fail. Well, hopefully their um, marketing... As long as they stick to their gun, you know, their guns, they know what they're good yeah. at. Yeah. Well, hopefully their marketing you know? and their messaging over in Japan for it is going to help make uh, consumers realize how much effort they're putting in to make it as enjoyable for them as it is for us, as it will be for us. And then uh, another Microsoft news bit was their um, expansion of xCloud as well for Game Pass. That they're going to be um, opening up that here real soon for a lot of international areas, including Japan itself. Nice. 
Yeah, that's that's the smart move. Just further continuing, give everybody access to everything. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, is there anything else noteworthy that you want to point out from Tokyo Game Show? Um, I, I really think that TGS that was that was pretty much it. The meat of it was the stuff early on. Um, again, it's it's Tokyo Game Show is always big. It's just always the one that I never get to watch live because of when it goes on. Um, yeah, yeah. my my wallets are dry. My my wallet has been bled dry. <laughs> Tapped out. It's gonna be a very very rough upcoming year. Um, I look forward to my backlog growing ever so much. All right. Yeah. Before we move on, let's watch that uh, that gun grave uh, meteor come in one more time. I'm just kidding. Um, I love that they just stood there and watched <laughs> it happen, and then it's like, uh, oh, that is coming like right toward us, isn't it? We should probably move. Like, I, cue the uh, shooting stars song. <laughs> like, I'm confused on what these people are even doing here. They look like a bunch of gangsters standing out on like a like. A helipad? Eh, they're probably waiting yep. for a shipment of something to come in. Yeah. They got a shipment of something. <laughs> yeah, a shipment of their pants. Uh-huh. Damn. No, for real, are there pants in there? Because the ones that are still alive definitely shit their pants. Oh, there definitely aren't any more still alive. Okay, good. Good. As long as everything's been checked off the Well, list. they're probably still there um, because it's one of the last things you do when you die. Oh, okay. R.I.P. South Park taught me that. So apparently... Apparently, Speaking Konami and Kojima are cool again. Pants. Speaking of shitting your pants, yeah. Uh, Konami and Kojima are... Um, I wrote down cool terms. again. Uh, they're I'll on speaking terms. Yeah, they're on speaking terms, which has immediately, immediately shot rumors into the wild. Always. Those rumors, are they were there before the, the confirmation. Um, but th- this latest bit, what what sparked it? Do do we have a specific thing? Was there was there a specific announcement? I don't even think there was. Is the problem? Yeah, Hideo Kadima posted Dong to his Instagram account, and they had to respond. Ah, of course. Um, but yeah, this uh, video game chronicles article uh, is just talking about how um, Konami is uh, set to ramp up premium game development, where they've been, of course, really focusing on. Uh, almost like casino style games. Um, they're Al- almost casino style games. They've been literal casino machines. Well, they've done a few other small things. That's why I'm like right. almost only casino games. They've they've done a few other things. Um, you know, just throughout the how long has it been? Good God, what was <laughs> even the last game they made? It's been too long. That's all that matters. I don't even um, remember. When was Metal Gear Survive? Twenty eighteen. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like twenty eighteen or maybe twenty nineteen, but yeah, yeah, twenty eighteen sounds more like it. Um, um, but yeah, that immediately started the swirling rumors of okay, Castlevania, Silent Hill, um, and Metal Gear. Uh, let's let's take it a step back though before getting too hype about this. Like, yeah. let's be honest, we all knew. Konami was going to try to squeeze back into it. They took their break from everything. They let the market cool off quite a bit. They it's it's weird, and I feel like it's just a mean as hell strategy they pulled. 
because they were still dropping those collections. We knew they still cared about their old games because they were giving us the old Castlevania collection. They just gave us the Castlevania Advance collection. They had still been doing all this different stuff and still making changes to other things out there with different Metal Gear stuff that was going on. Um, oh God, what else was there? Uh, oh yeah, Silent Hill. There, the Konami web store has been flooded with Silent Hill merch lately and, and New Castlevania merch. That's so true. they they've been just like dangling the the hook right there without even putting bait on it, and people have been losing their minds. So. See, I, I can't I can't go and and say like, oh look, they they care about that that thing. They they really care about what's um, gonna make them money. I mean, that's any and, company. <laughs> and and it well, I, I just don't think that they really care about the like developing things um, as much as they care about. Um, you know, you can feel that with some companies, like they have fun with making their product. And they make money doing it. And these guys, I don't think that they have that same thing. I don't think they have fun. I think it's very much let's make this to make money. And well, then yeah, be but done we have to it. we have to look back at the whole I think that we've covered multiple other times though, which is Konami is the parent company. They're not the ones that are actively making anything. Um, they're just letting other people have the have access to these IPs. Um, it, it's it, it, luckily also we're not true. hearing a bunch of awful bullshit about them like we do with places like, I don't know, Activision. They're um, still pretty widely hated, though. Yeah, but mostly their reason for being pretty widely hated is, dude, come on, we like those games. What the fuck are you guys doing? Oh, we don't know what you're talking about. You want to play Pachinko? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's then, fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like, that's pretty much their big thing. Is like, they're, they're, they're gaslighting everybody is what they're yes. doing. They're just like, oh, yeah. It's pretty it's terrible. Uh, New Silent Hill trademark out there. Oh my god, New Silent Hill, New Silent Hill, New Silent Hill pachinko machine. Motherfucker. Yeah. Like, that's what they've been doing. They're just notoriously good at gaslighting you with IPs that they know you like. But, because of the fact that they know there's money out there, because they've been releasing these these remakes and these bundles and stuff for so long now, and they've been getting ex- exceedingly good sales out of them, they finally realize, like, there's other companies out there that can do horror in different ways. There's other companies, other teams out there that can do action games in different ways. Mm-hmm. They can easily start throwing other developers or other smaller teams out there the rights to start making these games, and they just have to put their stamp of approval on it. And I think that this is where they're finally learning that they should do that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm very interested to see who will be doing the official development for some of this stuff, though. I think that's going to tell us a lot. I'm excited for a lot of it. Um, I'm very excited to see new Silent Hill stuff, even if it's just a remake. If, si- if Silent Hill's classic PT-style stuff gets revived, I would love to see that. Um, I would love to see new Castlevania stuff going forward, um, because I honestly didn't hate the 3D ones back on PS3 and 360. I didn't hate those ones. Sure. Um, they were a different kind of game. Um, are we going to get more of like the classic side-scrolling? Uh, I don't know. Bloodstain was really good, but do we need more like that? I'm always going to say yes, we need more like that. But I could see. Uh, do we really? Oh, I was going to say. Can we recapture that? I was going to say I could see a market for like a Witcher style open world game based in the Castlevania universe. Yeah, there's oh my God. there's a ton of potential out there. There's so much potential out there. Um, just make sure the right team gets and gets hands on it. Metal Gear Solid. You know, would we get a 
a remake of the original based on like using an engine more similar to the newer one or the newer ones um are they on speaking terms with kojima enough to be able to say yeah can you just oversee these different teams and like we know you have way too much on your plate but since these are mostly remakes can you just give them your seal of approval and let us know what we should change and hopefully he's not going to be losing his mind completely by then because we've seen the things he's been doing um that could be interesting for them to go okay we're gonna work with um you know kojima's kojima for development on some of these specific things that would be that would be very interesting yeah even if it's just letting him like oversee as in like uh they're gonna check in with you weekly or every couple days on these different projects to make sure they're going the right direction just make sure that you think they're going well um but also with all these other big announcements that have been happening in different studios that are out there you know we had rumors forever ago that the guys that made um the medium might be tackling a silent hill game yeah it's possible this could be more of that still happening um, I don't know what I would expect out of any of this stuff. Um, I'm hopeful because the more I think about it, the more I really do miss a lot of old school Konami stuff. But their web store has been packed with new stuff for Silent Hill, for Castlevania, and for so many other, like Suikoden. It's been packed for everything. I would not be surprised if 2022 and forward are the beginning of Konami rebranding and relaunching all of their fan favorite IPs. Yeah, that would be that'd be big. I mean, that'd be big for the and consumer. Every, I think more than, than anything. I can especially see yeah. that if the if they especially lean into the Castlevania series that they've done with Netflix that has been critically oh, loved. God damn it! It was so good. <laughs> All right, so something to definitely keep an eye on. We'll see what uh, see what comes of that. Um, Believe me, if more Castlevania or Silent Hill news comes up, I will be on it. <laughs> this was something that I think you brought up the next one, uh, Johnny, which in with just within our group chat, and we had a pretty uh, decent mm-hmm. conversation about it like a week ago. Um, but just Quantic Dream winning and losing um, various lawsuits that were brought upon them. Um, through these, well, um, it wasn't so much. I believe it was two French newspapers. Yeah. Right? Well, what it was is that Quantic Dream sued uh, for libel against the uh, media outlets that covered their uh, abuse allegations. And what happened here is that Quantic Dreams won one of their lawsuits against one of these media outlets, but it didn't absolve them against their allegations of workplace abuse. What it did was. It just meant that one of these media outlets that partnered up to cover this issue didn't meet the standard that French law requires to be able to report on this kind of issue. The other media outlet right. did meet the set requirements and was absolved of the um, any libel lawsuit here. So technically, while this is a win for Quantic Dream, it's still technically doesn't mean much in their favor because it doesn't yeah, erase like, what they've done. It just means that one of the media outlets didn't do its due diligence that it needed to be able to do. Yeah, it's like it's right. like uh, a win by forfeit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. Um, if, if you haven't um, been caught up on what is going on with Quantic Dream and all of their lawsuits, um, we've 
covered it a ton of times. I would say just look up an article. Kotaku has a, a pretty good bit that we looked at here um, just to kind of check up on what was going on. Yeah, I um, think they have... A lot uh, of other things are in French. I think they have a good ongoing recap of how this... Because this has been several years in the making, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of forehead. <laughs> yeah, and several years in the making. Not really, but, you yeah. know, it's just very it much ongoing. Will be several years, Oh, probably, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Um, the next lawsuit here, news, just to update the Activision <laughs> Blizzard situation. This last... God. They last... Or, this last week they settled... Uh, their one lawsuit with the EOC for $18 million. This does not mean that the other lawsuits that they are currently facing are over. They still have um, to face off against the state of California and the SEC. Yeah, this one was just the... This was just their alleged... their harassment and discrimination lawsuit. Right. Um, Yeah, so this was just one for a whopping $18 million, which is pennies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Without yeah, meanwhile, uh, Bobby is getting over what is it like 180 million? It was something along yeah. those lines. Just yeah. as a payday. Yeah, it's Shit. it's it's awful. It's still stupid. It's still terrible. Mm. Um, but the fact that it's another one of those that they're settling at this, which is a bummer. It's to me, yeah. if you settle though, that's a loss. And it's a loss. to anyone that's smart knows that if you're settling, it's a loss. Right. And you. and it's the this is coming off of the news of their head legal uh person had just resigned. Um the US government got involved in another lawsuit, which I think is this one. Um but yeah, they they have like multiple lawsuits ongoing from this from state to local to federal. Right? Correct. Like, yeah. I, mean, I would honestly be shocked if the company continues to exist as it is. I, it wasn't just one person bailing. Like, my LinkedIn is two things. Oh, yeah. Hey, we have oh, recruitment yeah. jobs open, and the, <laughs> today's my last day of Blizzard. Yep. I, I still stand... I mean, they're having, just the morale hit is insane. I still stand yeah. by the prediction that eventually it's going to lead to them selling off um, studios and assets, and essentially... Activision will probably be dissolve gone. He's as gone. a company. We might have lost him. And oh. honestly, yep. like I was thinking Hold about on. this the other Take day. Does Activision? Sorry. Yeah, we we lost yeah. all that. Sorry. Um, I had said that I still stand by my prediction that uh, I see the company eventually selling off assets and studios and to uh, mm-hmm. and then eventually dissolving as a company. And I was thinking about this the other day, and I was trying to think. Does Activision, non-Blizzard, really develop anything anymore besides the Call of Duty franchise? Because last time I checked, studios like Toys for Bob, who did the remasters for the Spyro games, got sucked into helping with development for Warzone. Yeah, everybody in everything helps with uh, Call of Duty at this point. Exactly. So does Activision have anything else? Newer things like Toys... like the Spyro remakes all the way back to like um Raven who used to do uh yep like the Star Wars Jedi Outcast the, um, X-Men games and uh Avengers Ultimate Alliance. Yeah. You know, things that don't even really make sense on why they would work on Call of yeah. Duty. They have different abilities, I think. Well, with but, the amount of money that Call of Duty brings in annually, it just seems like they're yeah. They're doing what you 
the opposite of what you should be doing. They should be diversifying out what their studios do, not just singling out just one particular yeah. thing. For sure. Yep. But yeah, this will be something that continues on, so good times. Um, we do have a few Netflix things that popped up. One, first one here. Yeah. Um, An announcement really awesome last Sunday this. that season two of the Netflix seri- or Netflix Witcher series will be airing on December 17th, so get ready to toss your coins for that one. Hell yeah. Um, they also fast, yeah. went ahead and announced that season three has already, that it's been already renewed for season three, which matches in line with their seven year plan for the series. So, anybody that's read the books, uh, it basically appears that they're going to be doing a book a season, whereas the first book uh, season was the first two books, which was just a collection of short stories. Well, yeah, the, the short stories and then, uh, started into the first of the right for blood of l so more than likely this season will be the time of contempt uh they also announced that they will be doing another animated uh feature for witcher uh for the witcher series they just uh released the one about vesemir uh last month i believe and i don't know how it did critically i watched it and i really enjoyed it and it, it was very definitely castlevania series inspired i'll say that much for sure and then they also announced that they're going to work on a kids and family series set in the world of the witcher <laughs> universe yeah i don't know how you got that one <laughs> love it oh man that's that's fun yeah but yeah no it, definitely exciting we're getting the season two stuff very very fast very quick yeah well and it's been it's two years right since the, the last corner. season not much so. not much longer right yeah um and then this other one i personally didn't uh catch too much of this because as i was looking through different places i usually look at um like a specific website and it was like this studio acquired these people and these people acquired this development studio and there was like eight of them in the past four days um, and this may have been one that was in there. Yeah. Netflix uh, acquiring uh, the studio behind Oxenfree, which would be Night School Studios. Just shows that Netflix is committing to their goal of expanding out into the video game development scene here that they had expressed that they wanted to do back in June or July, I believe, sometime around E3. But this acquisition just kind of leads more to it and we're probably going to start seeing developed by Netflix for various games. I I do wonder if this is going to lead to them um, you know, showing... I wonder if this is a, a, like a precursor to what they're really interested... What types of games they're interested in making. Mm-hmm. Because they have a very specific style. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't say, um, but... It probably tap into some of their existing IP, I would imagine. Yeah, we already know that we're getting the uh, the Stranger Things games on Netflix as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> so speaking of and, acquired, yeah, yeah, season of acquisitions over here. Yeah, um, probably the bigger one of the week, one that we've I probably talked about a couple of times already, but it was now made official that PlayStation acquired um, Bluepoint. Yeah, which unfortunately they accidentally spoiled. uh, What back when they acquired it was a couple acquisitions, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was so good. I remember that day. Like the <laughs> was it the was it one of the Chinese was it the China or was it a different Japanese Twitter account? Yeah. Or Sony that posted, posted it. the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, they posted the wrong announcement screen. They posted the blue point one and then they pulled it like two hours later because it took them that long. So we were They're all like, like Well, yeah. We're, we we had that queued up for weeks to come. We were like, all right, what do we talk about? Blue point. When's Blue Point? Come on, come on. Someone got, they, someone got trigger happy. They're like, we're gonna go ahead and file this one right under Whoopsie Daisies. My be like. <laughs> Damn. Good stuff though. Yeah, so uh, this, this is of course huge because they're notoriously known for all of the the big remakes that have happened. Uh, uh, Demon Souls being the the, the most yes. recent big one. Um, God, it's so good too. But Blue Point is now one of those big studios that's also being looked at in a lot of the rumors back on the Konami side of everything. So, you know, sure. with <laughs> with you know Sony having those direct ties with Kojima so much, and then Blue Point being really really good at remakes, and then Konami having all these things that need remade. What's gonna happen? Who knows? They're just—it's—it's it's that giant Charlie Day like conspiracy puzzle on the wall all over again. But um, it's but it's with a bug snacks characters now. now. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of stuff <laughs> happening, which is really cool. Yeah. All right, wrapping this up, we do have just a few more. Um, we got a lot of information about God of War and God of War Ragnarok um, as we were coming off of you know the latest big announcements just kind of confirming what it is seeing the characters getting some of that uh um you know getting some of that uh just detail right but um, part of that on that wasn't released um christopher judge who you know as creative himself had this mm -hmm. week uh posted on twitter this kind of really heartfelt uh, Twitter posts that unfortunately he did in separate tweets and not as one giant thread um, about the reason why God of War was delayed and a lot of it dealt with Christopher Judge's uh, personal health issues that back in 2019 he had issues in being able to walk and he had to go through uh, knee, uh, knee, hip, uh, knee hip and back surgery so the studio that's big. yeah that's that's a lot that's a lot and the studio waited for him they it which is kind of a really big deal when you think about things like production budgeting and stuff but they could have gotten someone else to mocap for the character and just have him do the voice later on but instead they opted to just uh wait until he was ready to resume his role and that I feel like that's just something you just don't see really too much uh, in these kind of in it, well, just in an industry anyways. This was uh, this was probably an expense that they didn't need to, to occur, but they decided to just kind of go with it. It's funny how uh, he starts it all off though. Is that it? In no way, shape, or form was this approved. But then Corey yeah, Barlog, like here we go, <laughs> spilling a little bit of tea. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good, but I mean, that's uh, that, that's a lot of surgery to have, yeah. like both yeah. hips, knee, and back. It's like, damn. So, it hopefully, hopefully, and I, I can 
like I definitely going out on a limb, but the, that time having him be able to do the things that he needs to do and be healthy while doing it um, should make the game and the weight well worth. I, I completely agree. <laughs> yes. Cool. All right, and then uh, the last bit is uh, some Microsoft housekeeping and, and uh, related things. Not all of it, right. but you know, you kind of relate one to the other, of course, when you think about it. Um, but uh, yeah, the first thing here is um, Microsoft introducing uh, Dolby uh, Dolby Vision, yeah, Dolby Vision Gaming on Xbox Series X and X. Yeah. I thought Dolby was about sound. It is, and no. not vision. <laughs> not vision. I specifically not vision. No, I'm saying Dolby Vision's not about sound; it's about vision. <laughs> Prove it. Uh, Wait, are we phone? talking about the elf from Harry Potter? Dobby Vision. No. Uh, just don't give him a sock. That explains why I have a. I see why on my shoulders. Mm. Yeah, I think okay. I think my TV supports Dolby Vision, which is awesome. Yeah, Dobby Vision. I imagine it would be like. Really fisheye, you know. Hmm. Did anyhow? What's going on with this? Uh, I mean, it's just pretty straightforward news that if you have a TV um, system or a setup that it deals with uh, Dolby Vision, Dolby in particular Dolby Atmos, that your Xbox Series X and S will now carry uh, support for it, and you'll be able to get more out of your games this way. Cool. Yeah, it's not something that I've I, I've seen I've seen options within the settings um, catering to this, but I haven't really uh, I, like I haven't looked into what it is. So right, yeah, yeah. A lot of TVs are getting Dolby Vision support uh, for like up to or some, a lot of TVs are getting it for like 120 hertz Dolby Vision, which is gorgeous. Um, it's just it's kind of a variation on HDR support. It's just Dolby specific, which is. Are they? It's nice. Oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say it's 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 super nice. If you look up some information on it, um, for what Dolby Vision is itself, it's it, it's an HDR technology, um, but it is very, just like any good HDR technology. If you have a good enough TV that supports it, um, mm -hmm. it really, really, really pops. The th what I was yeah. going to bring up is. Isn't there in regards to movie theater competition or you know competitive marketing? The main competitor for like IMAX theaters isn't that essentially Dolby theater setups, or am I thinking? Oh, that I wouldn't even. I'm know. thinking of something I, I else. Going, maybe. I stopped going to movie theaters. Well, it's like Six everyone knows IMAX because of it's supposed to be the higher oh, yeah. quality and stuff. But I believe um, Dolby Atmos theaters are supposed to be like a direct line competitor towards the uh, IMAX setup that you. Well, don't forget though, Atmos is audio. Oh right, Dolby yeah. Atmos is the audio. Dolby Vision's the. <laughs> I'm guess I'm getting my things mixed up. I hate it. <laughs> All, All right. right, yeah. Disregard um, that whole train of thought there on that. Um, going through more yeah. of Xbox housekeeping, they announced that they are going to further improve upon their accessibility features um, with. Uh, series of announcements that is directly related to uh, accessibility options in Halo Infinite, as well as in their general Microsoft Store, they will now start tagging games with items of what kind of accessibility compatibility these games will feature. 
I will say it's kind of dumb that they have to make that an announcement and not just roll it out. Right. Because, like, that should already be a thing. Yeah. I would have assumed that it would have already been a thing. Um, and now it's wildly upsetting to realize that it wasn't already a thing coming from the company that made, like, the adaptive controller. Like, well, I think it's not so much on... It's not so much them, but I think it's more of a reflection on the industry as a whole of how much further the industry has to go as far as accessibility um, outreach uh, needs to be given. I mean, we still have issues with, like, subtitles being absurdly tiny or just kind of, like... I think there's still some maturation in the way that games need to be developed that can expand to a broader audience where they may need to um, look at different things or look at things differently, I guess. I do appreciate the announcement because if, if you're on that side of the fence and you are needing these accessibility features, um, having an easy way to tell if this is even possible before you buy it or download it even. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking that's well, you know, well worth it. And it looks like they have a pretty good setup um, here on this, this video that they're showing. They have their details page. You just scroll over, you know, along with capabilities, um, supported languages and more, it does have the, the accessibility option. I assume if it doesn't have an accessibility option, it doesn't have anything. Right. Um, but you can even click on it and you can see what types of different like inputs and um, mm -hmm. you know various other accessibilities are there. Um, I think this is just like so, a sign of nice. just how young this industry is and how much more yeah. it needs to grow and encompass um, its audience. It, I, the, I wouldn't... Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a sign of how young the industry is. I, I'd say it's just a sign that the industry is finally becoming much more aware of how more in of what it's missing out on. Um, yeah, you're right. I think that's a better way to put it. And we got a lot of, um, I, I want to say, was it Deathloop um, that just recently launched, had a lot of negative feedback about accessibility options and lack of accessibility options. So to, to hear that one week and then to see that Microsoft's doing this the next week, is is kind of cool it, it's it's cool for them to have that there in that aspect of it and i guess that for making it an actual announcement and really showing it off out there is is a big enough deal but yeah it, it's kind of crazy that i think the first game that i ever really paid attention to accessibility options on was destiny and it wasn't because i had to but it was because it was just there in the tutorial and in the menus and i was <laughs> like oh Oh, I didn't know there were colorblind accessibility options in video games. Like I just never thought about it. Yeah, and that's one of the big things for developers um, because they're worried about like, how are we going to get this game out on time? Right. Like, is this something that we can accomplish? Um, you know, and a lot of times, especially um, if it's not a like first-party funded thing, sometimes even if it is. Um, it's still this big worry, how is this going to be received and things like that. And um, certain things, unfortunately, just get kind of that, like, backseat. Right. Like, if, if, you can't, if you can't do it, you can't follow up with any of these other things that go along with it. Like, uh, you know, like, um, you know, just looking at this thing before they even clicked on accessibility, 
they had, I saw it to the right, supported languages. Like, that would be a great thing, but mm-hmm. if you can get it in two languages and still put the game out, that's that's kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. And then adding these other things in later, which should be there day one, but again, some of these people, they're just worried about, like, can I make it? And the game that they're showing is um, Sea of Thieves, an Xbox first-party game. I do think all first-party games should have this healthy amount of accessibility because mm-hmm. they're taking their time. Right. There's no real... I mean, there is a rush. There is, like, you know, time deadlines to keep, but it's not the same thing as something like, um, you know, like looking at something like uh, an indie studio working on something. Like, not even for a first party. Working on something for, uh, you know, another third party, and they're putting it everywhere. Right. Things get a little crazy. Essentially, console um, exclusivity is more in line with promotion of the console itself. Um, and as far as competing, you're just kind of competing with whatever the other console is doing. Whereas, say, third-party yeah. items are trying to compete with an actual... Kind of within their own respective third-party market for attention. Whereas the console makers, they can command the attention well, uh, a lot more easily. And that's why I'm thinking, I'm like looking at it, I'm like, yeah, seeing how it's kind of like going from like teenager to adult. So yeah, like how young the industry is, that made sense when, when, when you said it that way. Um, but yeah, it, it's crazy that we're not further ahead of the curve when we're thinking about stuff like this. Right. But hopefully... I think we kind of, I, I think we kind of do it to ourselves. Yeah. Almost. But I think this is just, I mean, from this and the adaptive controller is just hopefully them leading charge for others to also pick up this um, model and actually begin making it as part of their development process. And leading on into the next news, you'll see that, um, and it's funny that you brought this up, Johnny, about Destiny 2, Bungie is also overhauling their accessibility development as well. They uh, put someone new in charge of that. Um, They've been trying to actively research more into it in 2018. They've also listed off trying to find different methods that can help uh, make the game even more accessible, even including things like introducing auto-fire for their guns that are typically single shots, which might be, you know, some people might abuse it, but for other people who might have, I'm thinking just off the top of my head, like arthritis or something like that, where having to constantly pull the trigger on the controller every single time might get daunting, This that would go a long way as well. And they're implementing a lot of other accessibility options that they can do here. Sure. Then also on top of that, Bungie recently announced that they are also overhauling their uh, diversity and inclusion require um, process for employment there. And one of the big uh, pieces of this is that they are removing mandatory arbitration uh, from their employment altogether. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, for those who don't know, mandatory ar- arbitration is means that uh, any employee who has an issue with inside the company, they are not allowed to be able to take it to court um, with the company. It has to be resolved internally. And so Bungie is opening up the door that if they were to ever have issues, that it could be potentially taken to uh, court then. And that it's not that when the employee signs on, they're not signing away their right to be able to do that. 
Nice. Yeah, that's a good big move. I'd like to see basically all other game companies follow suit on. Yeah, we, we talk a lot about like uh, like a unionization, um, and, mm. and it would be. I feel like that kind of stuff would be the like focal. Point. I believe so as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you're basically, you know, make it so that you can hold your employer responsible for things and get paid for extra time you put in. Those are like the two main, like. You know, there could be controls to say, okay, you can't have somebody work more than 45 hours a week or whatever. But really, it would just, it would be more beneficial to everyone if you just flip it around and say, okay, if you're going to make people do 80 hour week crunches, you can do that, but you've got to pay them double for the extra hours, right? And that right there, that would effectively make it not happen unless they really need it. And they go, oh yeah, you're right. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, oh, we actually have to pay people for what they do? <laughs> Shock I mean, that, if you really break down some crazy hours that I've heard, and it's like, a lot of this is like secondhand information, of course, and, you know, I don't have like somebody's timesheet in front of me. But I've heard of, yeah, I've heard of people doing, you know, 60, 70 hour weeks for, you know, a year at a time for, you know, eight month stretches and stuff like that. I've and had to do that past jobs. When you break down, you know, these are people who are, you know, when you get hired into the game industry, you get, usually you get good benefits, right? You get, um, you know, some, you know, lunches and dinners sometimes covered, uh, things like that. You know, drinks are basically always available in the office. Um, recently I was looking at an article where they were talking to somebody at Riot about their, uh, so yeah, this, I'll, I'll go into that since that's a little bit more like solid information. Um, so free lunches and dinners. That's, I mean, that's a huge benefit. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, you know, the drinks, energy drinks, soda, um, you know, fruit juice, stuff like that, just in the office. You know, coffee covered. Like, I buy my own lunch and my own coffee and, and Red Bull in the morning or whatever. So that would be huge if that was covered by my employer. I'd be able to take a, a certain pay cut for that. You know what I mean? Um, I've never, or very rarely am I at work when I would need to be given a free dinner. So that's already a little suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, this person's getting paid like, you know, $60,000 a year to live in LA. That's just not enough. So all the benefits are nice or whatever, but if they just paid you what they should pay you, you'd be able to afford all that. Right. And it's like, you know, to work, if you work full time, in a, you know, this is a specialized job. I think if you work full-time, you should be afforded to live anywhere. But, you know, even to take politics out of it, you're working full-time at a highly skilled specialist role, you know, programming or, uh, you know, digital art, things like that. And if you have to have two or three roommates literally just to be able to afford to live somewhere, there's something wrong. You know? Yeah. And... When I say, you know, working full-time, this is somebody that is not working 40 hours. If you were working 40 hours, you would not have the opportunity to have both lunch and dinner, right? <laughs> it's just like those wouldn't line up. So this is somebody working well more than 40 hours a week. And, uh, you know, you break that down, this is somebody making essentially, you know, maybe $10 an hour. All right. It's like, so what was the point of all the additional specialization of the additional... Uh, you know, college, you know, not everybody has to go to college, but I assume that many people at Riot probably have a college degree. And it is just wild to see that it's like, okay, you just have to deal with this now. 
like you figure out how to survive we'll give you the absolute minimum amount of money and then be one of the most successful game companies in the world again activision blizzard is a good example of this where as this company is like fighting multiple front lawsuits they're germany in world war ii with lawsuits are coming from every direction it's over and you know well we'll settle that for 18 million while we give our ceo you know an infinite amount of blank check money essentially highest paid uh, gaming ceo for sure it's brutal and they can curtail this union stuff by just acting right in the first place yeah that's what i don't get like you don't have to fight this battle you can just give people the benefits that they're gonna win anyways and you can cut out the middleman which is crazy yeah a lot of it is just like it, it being in that mindset of like we need to make the highest quality thing for the lowest absolute lowest price yep that's and all a business like, does i yeah. mean they're not they're not supposed to make a good product they're not supposed to have good customer service they're supposed to make money and if you do that by having extremely good service like amazon well you know so be it but you know if you make it if you make your profit by having a really good quality product apple right um that's a means to get there but ultimately all the company is required to do legally required is to make as much money as possible so that's what they do what they do all right but that is the show uh do you guys get the chance head over to facebook.com backslash mammoth games inc check all the top news and video game stuff over there follow us on twitter at mammoth games inc so you know we go live and do junk just like this as well check out our monthly show talking about all of your uh, uh all the freebies you get for well freebies for subs, uh your subscriptions as well as the monthly game so you know what's coming up what to expect and if you wish uh to pre-order um but for mammoth games inc i am one of your hosts night swarm jay with me as always have austin or filter cord yep johnny riot or johnny riot i guess oh. cheater and brian aka major Pot. yellow all right. Have a good one, guys.